on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. Welcome in here on a Thursday night. Got you for the next hour as we talk all things Brewers baseball. If you want to join in on the conversation, you certainly can do so. You can call or you can text in to the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Here's what we've got coming up on the program today. We are going to... Look at the stretch of the season. We are there. The home stretch is here. 19 games to go, and the all of them are important. The vast majority of them incredibly important in the sense that you are going to directly be able to impact climbing up in the division as you'll be going against teams that are ahead of you. So we'll break down uh, what the rest of the season looks like for this team. There's going to be some doubleheaders in there as well. We'll uh, go through the playoff picture. Going to get into Corbin Burns a bit because he is putting up incredible numbers and just how incredible are the numbers. We're going to get into that coming up a a little bit later on and also talk about some of the Brewers who have left this year, specifically uh, Brock Holt and Justin Smoke, as they have new homes. And in Holt's case, he's having uh, some success in his new home that he wasn't having with the Brewers. So we'll touch on that in a little bit as well. But as we do get things started, let's get into this week's edition of going deep whether the brewers are winning or losing a player is on a hot streak or slumping there's always a reason why here's this week's in-depth look at the current state of the brewers as we go deep get up get up get out of here and go brewers are coming off quite the win yesterday they got a 19 nothing win against the detroit tigers 19 runs. That is their highest run total in about a decade. It was the most that they have scored since they scored 20 at Pittsburgh all the way back in April of 2010. So uh, certainly has been a while since they've put up those kind of numbers. The question everybody's asking, could that be it? Could that be the moment that pushes this team forward? The moment that that proverbial light switch gets flicked into the on position and that begins the September run that everybody has been hoping for. I hope that's the case. I, I enjoy playoff baseball and I'm hopeful that the Brewers will be participating in playoff baseball this year. But I do think these next few games, starting tomorrow when they welcome in the Chicago Cubs for a three-game series, what they do in the immediate aftermath of the 19-0 win is going to be interesting. We've talked about it before, but it's worth mentioning again. The Brewers have had some good offensive days this year. Not a lot of them. For the most part, they have struggled from an offensive standpoint this year, but they've had a handful of good offensive days. The problem is... They're not really stringing the good offensive days together. You can go look through the game-by-game results this year, and you can go back to the second game of the season against the Cubs, a game that they won 8-3, eight runs. That's a nice run output. What did they do the next day? They scored one run. A little bit more than a week later, they were playing the White Sox. They won a game by that same 8-3 score. Next day, what do they do? They score three runs, and a day after that, they come back with one run. They had one of their best wins in the first month of the season was a Sunday win against Cincinnati when they put up nine runs beating Sonny Gray. What did they do after that? 
They scored two runs the next day. I can continue if you want me to. They had back-to-back good uh, offensive days against uh, Detroit and Cleveland with uh, eight runs and seven runs, respectively, right at the beginning of this month. And then they came back and they scored three, one, and three runs for the next three days. You get where I'm going with this. From a consistency standpoint, it just hasn't been there. A 19-0 win, man, that's some good stuff. That's something we have not seen from them this year. Pretty much every single category, it was their best offensive day. You had you had a ton of guys putting up really big numbers. Made, made guys feel good. But the big question is whether or not they are going to be able to follow that up with another good offensive performance. And not just one good offensive performance. Are they going to be able to follow that up with multiple good offensive performances? Just 19 games to go. From a playoff spot, they're a game and a half out right now. couple games behind St. Louis for that second spot in the NL Central. The door is open for them to walk through. But they got to win a bunch of games. I don't know what their record has to be in the final 19 games. I don't know if it's got to be... 13 and 6 or 12 and 7. I, I, I just I don't know. But they've got they got to get back to 500 and then kind of go from there. There's probably going to be a team or two that's right around 500 that gets into the postseason. Maybe maybe even there'll be a sub 500 team that sneaks in. But right now, the Brewers, uh, they've got some work to do as they try to make their way into the postseason and we're going to have to wait until the end of the year to figure out whether or not their win, a 19-0 win, was the game that really started the September run for them to get into the postseason, or whether it was just another good offensive day in a roller coaster season when it comes to what they're doing offensively. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T. P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. It is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Continuing on with the program here on a Thursday. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Yesterday, the Brewers winning that game by a 19-0 score. And anytime you score 19 runs on 21 hits, you're certainly going to be focused on what your team did from an offensive standpoint, especially in a year where the offense has been as inconsistent and has struggled as much as the Brewers have at the plate. I'm not going to say it was lost in what happened yesterday, but I think most people were focusing in on the 19 runs. It was another really good performance from Corbin Burns. Like, really good performance. Burns went seven yesterday, gives up just one hit, 11 strikeouts and no walks. He had a sub-2 ERA now. He's at 1.99. So he's 3-0 and with a 1.99 ERA. That's clearly pretty good. Uh, Adam McAlvey of MLB.com and Brewers.com, uh, in his uh, game story, mentioned some of the uh, some of the areas where Corbin Burns, where he ranks across Major League Baseball, and uh, Adam mentioned these things in terms of, hey, this guy's in the Cy Young conversation, and it's true when you when you look at when you look at his numbers, 
he's in the conversation. I'm not saying he's going to win it this year, but I think he's someone that's in the conversation, someone who might garner some votes. Some of the notable numbers this year and where they rank, opponents averaged against him, 142. That is That ranks first as far as uh, pitchers who have uh, thrown the minimum qualifying innings. Strikeouts per nine innings, that is at 12.7. That ranks second. Home runs per nine innings, and home runs were an issue for him previously. That's now down to .20. That ranks him second. His uh, whip is ranked fourth. His ERA at 1.99 is ranked fifth. And his strikeout-to-walk ratio at 25.6, which is just ridiculous, uh, that is ranked seventh. He is putting up incredible, incredible numbers. And it is... It's worth just kind of taking a step back for a moment and really acknowledging how, how he got to this point and where he was at and what he did to become, at least so far, really an elite pitcher. Like the guy that, I don't, you know what I was about to say, the guy that we all expected him to be next year or last year? That's not true. Nobody expected this. I think we all expected last year for him to be a pretty solid starting pitcher. But to say that you expected those kind of numbers, a sub-2 ERA, a ridiculous strikeout to uh, to walk ratio, um, all those things. To say to say to you, you would ever expect those sort of things, you can't expect that. That is something that not many guys can do. And he is somebody who last year was 1-5 with an 8.82 ERA. In his 49 innings last year, he gave up 17 home runs. It's almost hard to remember that he gave up that many home runs. That is, that's an obscene amount of home runs for 49 innings. He gave up 17 home runs in 49 innings last year. 2018 and 2020 combined, he has given up five home runs. And he gave up 17 uh, last year in the 49 innings uh, that he pitched. And He's almost to the amount of innings that he pitched last year. Through 49 last year, he's at 45 and a third right now. They tried a bunch of things with him last year. It didn't work. He finally went down to Arizona, got into the Brewers pitching lab, spent a ton of time there, spent a lot of time there in the offseason as well, just worked and worked and worked and worked, and this is how he came out. And he's, again, this is the reason when, when young players struggle, and I don't say this as an I told you so, I say this as a, hey, just remember this in the future moving forward. When young players who are prospects struggle you got to give them time and i always i always say that and other people say this too this is not an original thought by me by any stretch of the mind but development is not a straight line and when we're talking about developing players more often than not 99 percent of the time it is not just a straight line going up and to the right in terms of guys getting better and better and better there are generally steps forward and steps back. And sometimes when a player pushes through the minor league system really, really fast, those step backs end up happening at the major league level. That's what happened with them last year. Those things happen. That's, this is not going to be the last time that a guy comes up and has very little success 
and eventually he comes around and has a high level of success. It happens. So just, especially when it comes to young players, just keep that in the back of your mind. Because I promise you, I know there are people listening to this show right now who last year were just done with Corbin Burns. Didn't want him in the organization. The Brewers can release him. What are they doing with this guy? Yada, yada, yada. And the reason that you, you continue to try to develop, you know, develop another one of those taglines that you hear, development doesn't stop at the major leagues. They continue to develop him. And as a young guy, he's really starting to come around. Now, at some point, the league's going to make an adjustment to him, and he's going to have to make adjustments to the league. Like the, He's not going to be a guy who's putting up these kind of numbers just consistently for the rest of his career. There's going to be adjustment on both sides, but it is pretty special to see what he is doing and then just another really, really good performance that we saw his last time out uh, when when he just continued to show how good he is right now. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's bring in uh, Jerry, who has given us a call from Oak Creek. Hey, Jerry, you're on WTMJ. Can you go through the Brewers and St. Louis schedules to see what we got to go up against here for me? Yeah, sure. So I appreciate the the, uh, the call. So the Brewers have 19 games left, and the Brewers are going to play the Cardinals on 10 separate occasions, including some doubleheaders. You know what we'll do? We'll go ahead and take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll dive into that a little bit more. We'll go through the schedule, also go through St. Louis's schedule to see where they're at, because the Brewers are currently chasing uh, the Cardinals to try to move into that number two spot in the NL Central. Top two teams in every division do make it uh, into the postseason. So if the Brewers can catch the Cardinals, and they've got every opportunity to do so with all the games left between these two teams, uh, they've got uh, that's that's all they got to do at this point. You just gotta you just gotta catch that one team in front of you. So uh, we'll break down what the Brewers' schedule looks like in terms of uh, these 19 games coming up, and we'll also tell you what St. Louis is going to be doing because they are playing a ton of games. They're going to be playing a lot more games than the Brewers moving forward. We're back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers getting set for the final 19 games of the year, and they still have very much an opportunity to get into the postseason right now. The Brewers are two games back in the NL Central for second place of the Cardinals. The Cubs are in first place. The Cardinals are two and a half back of the Cubs. And then you have the Brewers four and a half back of the Cubs, but two games back of St. Louis. And again, that second spot in the NL Central is the important spot because top two teams automatically get in to the playoffs. And then after you get through those six, you know, two from the East, two from the Central, two from the West, the two teams with the next best records would uh, then get in after that. Brewers right now are a game and a half out of a playoff spot. So two games behind the Cardinals for second in the division, a game and a half out of the final playoff spot. The Brewers are going to play 19 games, and 13 of them are going to be against the two teams in front of them in the division. They've got three games against that the Cubs. That begins tomorrow. Once they are done with this weekend series against the Cubs, they are done with the Cubs. At that point, it's going to be mostly games against the Cardinals, outside of three games against the Royals and three games against the Reds, starting on Monday, all but six games for the final uh, two-plus weeks of the season will be 
against St. Louis uh, on this upcoming homestand. They're going to play a five-game series against St. Louis that's going to include two doubleheaders. And then the final weekend of the year, they'll go on the road to St. Louis and play a four-game series. One of those games that was missed in Milwaukee when the Cardinals had the coronavirus outbreak, that was rescheduled as a doubleheader in St. Louis. Uh, I don't think there is much of a home field advantage um, this year, but it's not worth nothing. And the Brewers in that whole thing do lose one of their home games as uh, one of those lost games that was scheduled for Milwaukee is going to be played in St. Louis. Instead, you can yell and scream and say, oh, that's not fair. It's 2020. It's it's about getting the season in however you can. Uh, I believe the Cardinals uh, will have an issue getting all 60 games in. I think they may be forced to play some uh, other games at the end of the season to try to make up for some of the games that they missed. I think right now they have 58 games that are on the schedule, if I've got that right. Uh, but the games that they're going to be playing, other than their games against the Brewers, they are uh, they today split a doubleheader against the Tigers. They've got a three-game series against the Reds. They have a five-game series against the Pirates, and they have a three-game series against Kansas City. So other than the fact that the Cardinals are playing like a million games, quite honestly, their schedule is a little bit easier uh, than, than what the Brewers have. But not a lot. Uh, because they've got the Reds, the Brewers have uh, have have the Reds. They've got the Royals. The Brewers have the Royals. The big difference is where the Brewers have a series against the Cubs. The Cardinals are going to play a series against the Pirates. But that being said, the Cardinals still have one, two, three, four more doubleheaders to get in this upcoming week. They are going to play doubleheaders on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's just. I don't know how pitching holds up. We'll, we'll talk about it again next week um, when when we're looking at it, but th- that's going to be a major issue for St. Louis, I would think, trying to get the pitching to a hold up all the way. If you want to join the program, you can do so. You can call into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. That's what Mark and River West has done. Hey, Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Mr. Pauly. Just a question now. Was um, Corbin Burns up too much on his pitches that they took him out? Because that does a lot for the psyche when when they realize that they're that good, that they pitched a, a complete game. And it also, true, they had the day off the next day, but it also saves the bullpen. He was at 90 pitches. I, you know, where the game was at, it was fine. They, they probably wanted to get Lynn Bloom an inning. I don't think confidence is an issue with him right now. I mean, he's got a he's got a sub-2 ERA. This isn't like somebody who's been struggling for a while, and then all of a sudden he had a really good outing. He's been... Uh, he's been fairly dominant for uh, for a while now, so I didn't. I, I understand where you're going with that, but no, I didn't have a problem with him uh, coming out at that point. Appreciate the phone call at eight five five six one six one six twenty. He has. Uh, let's see. He has given up what one one run. He has not given up an earned run since August twenty third. His start against Pittsburgh on August twenty eighth. He went six scoreless. September 4th against Cleveland, he went six, giving up one unearned run. And then this time out, he goes seven innings, giving up no runs. So I'm trying to do quick math in my head, which is always a scary proposition. 12 plus 7, that's 19. So he has given up one unearned run in his last 19 innings of work. If 
if confidence is an issue with him right now, then then I want to be somebody that has the confidence of Corbin Burns because uh, that is uh, that, that's pretty impressive what he is doing here at this moment. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly. More Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly does continue here on WTMJ, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuDent Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T. P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers are opening up a three-game series against the Cubs starting tomorrow. And as I mentioned earlier, then they're done. They're done with the Cubs uh, at that point. And it's just so weird. This like When the season got started, I thought at some point stuff would sort of normalize. And maybe for some people it has. It really hasn't for me. Uh, it's it's weird. There's so little time left. It's still as I sit at Miller Park for these games. It is I have not gotten used to the no fans. It's just it has not it has not normalized. Maybe it has normalized for some. For me, it has not normalized. Your probable uh, pitching matchups for this weekend tomorrow: Brandon Woodruff against John Lester. Very curious to see what's going to happen with Woodruff. Uh, he's run into kind of a he, he's kind of run into a wall in some of his starts lately, where everything's going fine, and then all of a sudden things kind of come off the rails for him. Maybe come off the rails is is too strong of a of a descriptor, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. And he was he was disgusted with his performance his last time out when he was not able to get uh, a full five innings in. So I know he went back to work on stuff during his side session. We'll see uh, We'll see what he does. I think he's pitching better than the 2-3, and three, 3.91 ERA would indicate, but numbers are numbers. They don't lie. Uh, John Lester, as mentioned, will go for the Cubs. Saturday, the matchup, Brett Anderson against Kyle Hendricks, and then Sunday, Adrian Hauser against Alec Mills. I would kind of say the same thing that I said about Woodruff with Hauser, uh, that he's just... We saw it his last time out. He was he was going okay, and then all of a sudden he just it it wasn't there for him. Craig Council, what was that? Was that the uh, that was the first game of the Detroit series? Um, Council after the game had made the point that you know for for Hauser in that game he was still, he was one out away from having a pretty nice performance, and we've heard we've heard a lot of the conversations really when it comes to these young guys. The conversation has really been about you know taking that next step, and it it felt like Brandon Woodruff had certainly taken that step. He was the opening day starter. He's kind of run into a little bit of trouble here, uh, just in, in terms of his consistency and in terms of his length. Uh, but I th- I think it's fair to still be pretty confident when Brandon Woodruff is on the mound. Clearly, Corbin Burns has has taken that step. But for Adrian Hauser, it's about taking that step. And, and Craig Council specifically mentioned being able to get that next out. Sometimes you're one out away from getting 
out of an inning of putting together a pretty good performance, and he was unable to do that the other day where he got four and two-thirds innings, and he just couldn't get that next out when they really needed it to get out of the inning, and then that was the inning where uh, Detroit put together a number of runs. That's, that's where he's kind of at. We've seen Hauser be really, really good. When Hauser's at his best, he he really performs well. But unfortunately, this he's kind of like the way the Brewers have been from an offensive standpoint this year. There are some uh, consistency issues in uh, with, with what he's got going. If you want to join us, you can do so, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Mike in Colorado t- uh, texting in. The last several games seem to demonstrate Craig Council is turning these guys loose on the base pass. Coincidence that their aggressive base running is leading to bats coming alive yesterday? In my opinion, no. What a great game yesterday. It feels like, uh, to me, it feels like their big win over Detroit was a game they needed two to three weeks ago. But hey, better late than never. Uh, what a kickoff to their big homestand. I am, I'm so intrigued by what's going to happen here over the next couple games against the Cubs. Like I said, when I opened up the program, I went through all the games where they had scored big runs this year and then what they did in games following that. And they have not been especially good offensively for for stretches of times. They, they've really had one really solid two-game stretch in terms of being able to put together solid run outputs. Now, some of this has to do with the pitcher that you're going to go against. I'm not trying to completely uh, run away from that. I understand. If you run into a really good pitcher, well, hey, you run into a really good pitcher. But the Brewers have not run into a really good pitcher every single time they've scored one or two or even three runs this year. There have been some struggles. Uh, the, the Something that we've talked about a lot on Brewers' extra innings, the, the frustrating thing about this team, especially in games that they lose lately, one of their one of the things that they've really made a habit of recently, the nineteen nothing game notwithstanding, is getting runners on and then all of a sudden just not being able to get the hit to drive them in. And what makes that incredibly frustrating is I don't know how you fix that. Because it's it's not something that's just wrong. Like the the raw act of hitting, and there's a lot of guys who are struggling from an offensive standpoint, but it's an it's a really weird thing when a bunch of guys can have one level of success when there's nobody on base, and a different, much worse level of success when there are guys on base, and I think that makes it a lot tougher to address. Like if if you've got a if you've got a hitter who's just not very good ever. You can you can work with them on things. You can eventually make the decision to release them. Same thing with pitchers. But when you've got a bunch of guys who are situationally good or situationally bad, it's a lot more challenging to work with those players to fix the issues because the issues aren't just always there. They're situational. And that's the... If I was a general manager of a baseball team, and I'm not qualified to be a general manager of a baseball team, but if I was, I think that would be the thing that I would struggle with the most. If I I can read a box score, right? Like I can I can read even advanced statistics. I I understand those things. But what I don't understand is when a bunch of guys struggle 
based off the situation that they're in. It just doesn't make sense. And that's the way it's been this year for the Brewers, where they have just really struggled with runners in scoring position, especially recently. So this is a bit of a litmus test here over the next three days. They just put up 19 runs on Detroit. Admittedly, Detroit's not a great team. But they just put up 19 runs. I don't care who you're playing a 19-run performance. That's pretty darn impressive. Now, can this be the thing that can get them going, that can get them on a little bit of a run here in the final three weeks of the season? Because if they can go on a run, the the postseason door is going to just swing wide open for them to walk in. It's it's going to take them playing good baseball, but it's it's not like they got to go 18-1 and one down the stretch of the season to be a playoff team. That's not what they're going to need to do. And the fact that they've got... 13 of the final 19 games this year against teams that they are chasing in the division, in the Cubs and the Cardinals. Every single time they beat the Cardinals, it's a game right there. And right now they're sitting uh, two games back of St. Louis for the second place in in the division. With, With 10 games left against St. Louis, you can absolutely go make up those two games. You just got to play well. You gotta play well. I think I think it's safe to say if if they can go what six and four would make up those two games. If they can find a way to go six and four or seven and three in the ten games against St. Louis this year, that right there, just those ten games, six or seven wins over those ten games could potentially be enough to really uh, put them into the postseason. As long as they don't uh, get swept by the Cubs or get swept by the Royals, get swept by Cincinnati, so on and so forth. 855-616-1620, That is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. So one of the frustrating things that can happen is you got a guy, you have expectations for that guy, the expectations just never are met. And then that guy goes somewhere else, and all of a sudden he looks like a different ball player. And that's kind of what happened with Brock Holt. I I never thought that Brock Holt's career was done or that he wasn't going to uh, find a way to get things going. For whatever reason, it just wasn't working this year. And we can talk about it's it's so it's just such an odd year. There are so many things that are different. Just about anything can help result in, in somebody not putting it together. Let's not mince words. Holt was really bad with the Brewers. Like really bad. He was three for thirty. Three for thirty. He had a hundred. Uh, nine strikeouts. Actually the the strikeout numbers, uh, all things considered, are, are not Horrendous, striking out about a third of the time. There's some guys who have uh, struggled a little bit more than that, but still, th- three of 30, 100 average, not good. No, uh, no extra base hits, no doubles, no triples, no home runs. He just had three singles in his 30 at bats. So, what has he done since going to Washington? Well, he's <laughs> he's doing a lot more with Washington than. He, uh, than he did with the Brewers, that's for sure. In nine games with Washington, he's hitting 400. He is 12 for 30. He has four doubles. Uh, he's got an on-base percentage at 438. He's got a slugging percentage at 533. He's got an OPS at 971. All really good numbers. I always thought that he was... And now, 
people like jump on this. They say, oh, well, it's because of the Brewers hitting coach or it's because he didn't like being in Milwaukee. I don't know what the reason is, but sometimes the reason is just quite simply it just didn't work. Just didn't work in Milwaukee for whatever reason. Some of it is probably playing time as well. When you look at uh, he was he was with the Brewers for a month plus, and he got thirty at bats. He already has thirty at bats with with Washington, and there are some guys out there that. They just need the at-bats. They need the constant playing time. And if you're not getting the constant playing time, uh, you're going to struggle. I I always believe that eventually he would get things going. And I don't blame the Brewers. By the way, this is not me like trying to rip on the Brewers by any stretch of the mind, saying, oh, you see, they shouldn't have gotten rid of him. If they would have just held out a little bit longer, he would eventually come out of that funk. Maybe he would have. Maybe he wouldn't have. We don't know. The The numbers he's putting up in Washington do not necessarily indicate uh, the numbers that he would have put up in Milwaukee had he still been with the team. It's just something that you, you move on from. And I give the Brewers credit saying, we don't feel confident that he's going to get out of this funk. We're going to move on. They did the exact same thing with Justin Smoke. Smoke has been picked up by San Francisco, a team, by the way, that the Brewers are chasing in in the playoff race right now. When you look at the National League Central, San Francisco is at 23-21. and 21. They are currently in the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They are in the sixth playoff position. Uh, and the Brewers are two and a half games back uh, of them right now, and Justin Smoke is going to be part of that team moving forward. And maybe the exact same thing happens with him. He gets there, and he starts swinging a hot bat, and he's really playing well, and everybody's going to try to figure out why it didn't work in Milwaukee and try to find the scapegoat and try to find you know who's not doing their job, which resulted in somebody not performing well here but now performing well somewhere else. Maybe I just maybe I I don't dig as deep into things as I should, but for me it's I, I don't I don't jump on that. Good for Brock Holt that he's gotten things going. He's a good major league baseball player. Didn't work here. Justin Smoke, go go have success. Go go be successful. Like I'm not gonna be mad at the guy if he's able to uh, to get things going. That's just the season it is. And the Brewers making decisions with both those players saying that's just not working. You don't have confidence that's ever going to start working at any point in time, so they go ahead and make the decision to move on. And oh yeah, by the way, I mean if we're gonna if we're gonna play this game, go look at what uh, Daniel Vogelback is doing. He played in 18 games for Seattle, had an 0.94 batting average, five of 53, really struggled. Ended up in Toronto, did not have a single base hit with Toronto. And now he's hitting 385 with the Brewers. I understand it's a small sample size. It's four games. He's 5 of 13. But you can't be really mad about Brock Holt going and, and playing well in Washington or we'll see what happens with Justin Smoke without realizing that sometimes there's there, there's nobody at fault. It's just for whatever reason a guy goes to a new place. He wasn't having success before, and now he starts having success. And uh, Vogelback's been a nice, uh, nice addition to the lineup as he sits uh, at 385.
All right, one final break in the program. We will come back. We will uh, look ahead to the next week's worth of uh, Brewers games. An interesting week is going to be uh, coming up moving forward as we uh, wrap up Brewers Weekly in just a moment here on WTMJ. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up the program here on WTMJ. Brewers have an incredibly important week in front of them as they are going to have games coming up against the two teams that they are chasing in the NL Central. It's going to start with a three-game series against the Cubs tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. By the way, programming note, and uh, with uh, the Bucks playoff games, we did this. Unfortunately, the Bucks season has come to an end, but now uh, the Packers season, it is beginning on Sunday. If you are looking for Brewers baseball and you come here to WTMJ and you hear a Packers football game, that means you can switch over to our sister station, 94.5 ESPN. That is where uh, Brewers games will air when they are conflicting with Packers games. And uh, just a reminder for you, make sure to uh, stick around after the game for our Brewers Extra Innings post-game show, or maybe you're one of the people out there that watches the game on TV, but then you flip on your radio after the game to listen to uh, Brewers Extra Innings. I know there's some folks out there that do that. Uh, we will have Brewers Extra Innings on 94.5 ESPN. We started doing that uh, last year and are continuing that uh, this year. So this Sunday when uh, the Packers open up their season against the Vikings, uh, Brewers Baseball will be on 94.5 ESPN. So this week is going to look like this. Three games against the Cubs, 7-10 tomorrow night, 6-10 on Saturday, and then 1-10 coming up on Sunday. Three important games against the first place team in the division. And then after that, a five-game series, five games in three days against the Cardinals. And these games, these five games, are going to go a very long way towards if the Brewers are going to be a postseason team or not. The other day, Craig Council essentially said, you know, the, these games aren't must-win, but for every game that you lose, it makes the next game that much more important. And at some point in time, it's going to get to a point where they just they, they can't afford some losses, and they're going to play. Two doubleheaders in three days. Pitching is going to be tested. They'll play doubleheaders on Monday and Wednesday. Those are going to begin at 4:10 each day. Again, seven inning doubleheaders, and uh, then they'll play a single game coming up on Tuesday. All right, that is it for uh, this edition of Brewers Weekly. Thanks so much for being tuned in. I will talk to you again tomorrow. First for Brewers warm up at six o'clock, and then I will talk to you after the game uh, for Brewers extra innings. We'll talk to you then here on WTMJ. You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.